0: Peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially if you're visiting with us today. We are just delighted that you're here. There is a friendship pad on each one of the pews, probably near the center aisle. It's a black folder, and we'd love it if you'd fill it out and let us know that you're here, and then pass it along the row so that other people can do that, too. In our connections that's inside of the bulletin, you can see the announcements and in the life of our church. Uh, they're summarized on the front of it, and you can find more details on the inside. If you are interested in coming to the at-home hospitality hour, the Aw, ah, which is next Sunday night at the Jensen's home in Three Arch Bay, you will need to sign up today because it is Three Arch Bay. It's a gated community, and we need to give the names in today. Awe, ah, as you can read, is a chance just to meet one another. You bring an appetizer and whatever you want to drink, and it is a mixer. That's the whole agenda to get to know some new people that you haven't met before. There's also a family fun night on October 6th. It's a chilly night, always lots of fun, and you can see directions on how to sign up for that by sending an email to Gail or to Maggie. The next morning, October 7th, a couple of weeks from today, we will be having our annual pancake breakfast over in Tank Hall. It is after each service, and you can just get tickets that morning. It's a great chance to hang out and talk with other people. And it's also a chance to greet Gareth and his wife, Vita, a chance to get to know them. Uh, they will be over there as much as you can in between services and afterwards. We keep him a little busy in this room, for most of on Sunday morning. That same afternoon at 4 o'clock, you can see that there is a Praise Symphony Orchestra. It is a guest orchestra, which will be playing here, and uh, they have great reviews. It will be a lovely concert that afternoon, and there is no charge for that. Also, our third Friday group invites you to join them on the second Friday of October for an Oktoberfest, Biata Loomis. Where are you, Beata? Wave your hand. Beata Loomis is leading our crew of caterers to make authentic German food, and the plan is great. So it's all Oktoberfest-type food. It is off-campus, and you can see where that is as you sign up today on the patio for that. Also our men's retreat is in October and so it's, uh, they are taking signups for that and you can see how to do that by email. The Laguna Art Museum has a project on no- November 3rd in the evening at the beach. It is holding lighted umbrellas that create a pattern and we are cooperating with the museum in uh, pr- trying to be some of the volunteers to do that. They will have a thousand people holding umbrellas. I've reserved 30 places for us, but we may need more than that. And you can sign up on the patio if you'd like to be one of those volunteers to be in that exhibit. It seems like a fun thing to do and a way to participate with other people in the local art community. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord.
1: We are grateful that you are present and that we can be present with you, not only in this place, but in all places where you lead us to go. We are grateful that you invite us to worship you and to serve you. We are most grateful for following Jesus, who shows us a clear way to be the servant of all. And so stir us as we hear the word, as we worship you in spirit and in truth, and we desire to follow Jesus out into the world. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen
0: you join me in the responsive call to worship that you'll find printed in your bulletin Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers but their delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night they They are are like trees planted by streams of water which which yield yield their their fruit in in its its season. season And, and their leaves, their leaves do, do not wither. Not wither. In, in all, all that, that they, they do, they prosper. prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, Therefore the, the wicked, wicked will, will not stand in the judgment, judgment nor, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the, For the Lord watches over the way, way of, of the righteous, righteous but the, the way of, of the wicked, wicked will perish. perish. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The, the Lord, Lord is, is the stronghold, stronghold of, of my life. Of whom shall I be, be afraid? afraid? Let us stand and praise God together. Thou burning sun with golden beam, O
2: thou full moon with silver gleam. O praise him church this morning, O praise him we sing Alleluia, Alleluia. We lift up our Alleluias
3: Church. All creatures of our God.
2: Merciful Savior, you're the one that we adore. me Seated. Band, go ahead and play one more section. Who would have thought, Church, that a lamb could rescue our souls?
0: God of mercy whose son Jesus Christ longs to gather us in the wide embrace of his love invites us to confess our wayward ways. This morning as we confess our congregational response will be Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. Of mercy, we confess that we have disobeyed your commands, our ears have been deaf to your call, our hearts have been cold to your love, and so we pray, Lord, have mercy. <inaudible> hurt others, and dishonored your name in thought, in word, and in deed. And so we pray, Kyrie eleison, Lord, have mercy.
3: Kyrie eleison.
0: great mercy receive us yet again as your beloved children not because we are worthy but for the sake of him who loved us and gave himself for us lord have mercy have mercy as we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray through Christ our Savior, amen. (coughs) My friends, hear the good news. This saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Amen. Amen.
1: Jesus meets us in the midst of our hopes and expectations, our ambitions, our energy to excel and to become the best. Jesus takes all of that and turns it into a pattern that is different than the one that we see in the world. Jesus turns it into an attitude of how we help others succeed and do well. There is a geography to the Gospel. In the first half of the Gospel, Jesus is ascending with the disciples, and things are going quite well. In the middle of the Gospel, Jesus is at the high points of Caesarea Philippi and the Mount of Transfiguration. And for some of the disciples, things are extremely good. Peter, for example, says in this text, Lord, it's good if we can just build some special shrines here and stay here for a while. But Jesus has a plan to descend from the mountaintop all the way into death and suffering, betrayal, denial, desertion. Jesus has set his sights on failure. Not very American. (laughs) The gospel and human ideals come into conflict in the tough teachings of Jesus. And so we look to this text which follows the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus is with Moses and Elijah and Peter, James, and John on the mountaintop. And as they're going down the mountain, as they move into Galilee, he says this. They went on from there, that is the mountains and slopes of Caesarea Philippi and the mountaintop and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know where they were. For he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days later, after being killed, he will rise again. But the disciples did not understand what he was saying, and were afraid to ask. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way here? But they were silent. For on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. Jesus sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then Jesus took a little child and brought it among them, and taking the little child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me only, but the one who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. And so, gracious God, we have received your word now, we have listened, and we ask that you would help us to discern and discuss and in our minds to better understand where you are leading us to go in following Jesus to the cross. May your spirit guide us in Jesus' name, amen. So the important word here is the word great. It is a word we use a lot in our English language. We want everything to be great, positive, energized. We want to be great. How are you feeling today? Great or not so great. That Greek word we even use today, it is the Greek word mega. We use mega millions. Someone wins a lottery, they're great. It simply means the person who's the highest, the mightiest, the biggest, the the most powerful, amazing, awesome, wonderful, qualified, virtuous, worthy, distinguished, esteemed, preeminent, notable, famous, noble, best, excellent, and eloquent person you can know. We all want to be that. The downside of that is some of us actually think we're that, and we've given to our arrogance. We've become full of ourselves. We think we're great. Jesus wants to make sure that the disciples have a clear definition of great. Great is a term we hear in America today. We often we want to be a part of a great country. No apologies to that. But then we get down to the definition of what, what does great really mean? I did a little research on this to find out what some writers are thinking great means in America today. It's very interesting when it gets right down to it. A great person is one who's successful, victorious, a winner, somebody who has made their wealth, who has used their talents, has position, visibility, popularity, and security. They're great. They're the best at what they do. We admire athletes and musicians who are great. We admire preachers who are great. We like to be with great people. It helps us to feel great. But then Jesus takes all of that and turns it around and upside down. Jesus sets up the dynamics of this controversy in the way he handles the 12 disciples. You put yourself in the place of those 12 disciples and feel what they must have felt when Jesus is there with the 12 and he's teaching them and quietly he pulls Peter, James, and John off to the side and he says, I want you to go with me to the mountaintop. The rest of you disciples can stay behind. How do you feel as a disciple? I guess we don't measure up. We're not great enough. Jesus intentionally divided the disciples into two groups. The nine who were behind and the three who went up the mountain with him. He wanted the ones who went up the mountain with him to get a very special message. And on that mountain of transfiguration, there is Jesus with Moses and Elijah. Now, we think Moses and Elijah are great. That's the reputation they have in Jewish tradition. After all, Moses is the primary articulation of the Torah, the law, and Elijah is the primary articulation of the prophets. The greatest of both. But when we look at both the lives of Moses and Elijah, we find out that their greatness reached a peak moment in the midst of their life, and from then it was downhill. It seems to be a consistent pattern with God. If you want to be great, Jesus will take you to a high place and then tell you how far down it is and how you're going to go. For Moses remembered he was at the mountaintop and received the law, and that after that he had to face his failure. And God said, Because you have failed, you're not going to the promised land. You can go up on the mountain and look at it, but you can't go in. Moses ended his life as a failure. We don't like to think about that. Well, let's look at Elijah. Elijah was at the mountaintop, too, when he conquered the powers of Baal on Mount Carmel. He won the great battle of God, igniting the wet bull with lightning from above. And all the prophets of Baal were killed. And he was on top of the world. He had conquered the enemy. And do you remember what happened to Elijah after that? Jezebel said, I'm going to have your head. And Elijah ran off into the wilderness. And he was depressed. And he felt alone. And if you were a fan of Mendelssohn's Elijah, you remember that great bass baritone solo, I, only I, Lord, have left. Now take away my life. Well, that's a hero. So Elijah Really ended up his second part of his life in a pretty bad place, too. So, what does that tell us about what's going to happen to Jesus? And if the disciples were reflecting back on this moment, what does that say to Peter, James, and John about what's going to happen to them? Greatness is more and more looking like the person who's failed who's lost, who's grieving, who just doesn't measure up in the end. Jesus is, wants to be very clear about the definition of greatness. So Jesus expands that definition and says with a child in the midst, if you receive this child as you receive me, you'll know that you receive me as you've received received god and that is if you want to be the first you must choose to be the last if you want to be the leader you've got to be the servant of all that greek word receive is a very interesting word you know it's translated often receive or welcome they're very nice words but you know the actual greek word is much more provocative It means to deeply invest in the least people around you. The little child, the woman who doesn't have any esteem, the poor, the immigrants, the people who have no greatness. Jesus is saying, I want you to invest deeply in this child and invest deeply in those people I don't want you to just welcome them. I want you to live your life for them. That's greatness. To be able to have our lives for the purpose of making our children look good. To live our lives for the purpose of making women who have no power to be empowered to make our lives look good so that the people around us who have failed and lost everything, we can help them to be resurrected and bring them back from the dead. In other words, disciples, your life is to be given for others, just like Moses and Elijah and Jesus. Jesus wants to make sure that our definition of greatness is very clear. He says it three times to the disciples who had a hard time understanding it. They resisted understanding it. And you know, when we resist something that's profoundly true, that challenges our value systems, what do we do to escape that challenge? We argue about little stuff. So why did the disciples who didn't want to ask Jesus a question and didn't really understand what it meant do while following Jesus down from the mountain? They argued about who was going to be the greatest, the most powerful. That's a sign, by the way, that we're in deep avoidance and denial when we start arguing about trivial things. We would rather argue about trivial things than face the deep stuff. Ernst Becker, in his Pulitzer Prize-winning book, The Denial of Death, said this, Americans would rather go shopping than deal with death. Kind of fits us, doesn't it? If you're in the second half of life, it's really tempting to deny the imminent coming of a downturned life that our bodies aren't working the same, and we're facing what it means to leave this world. But it isn't just those who are aging that struggle with this. It's anyone who's risen to a place of preeminence. There's a very popular pastor in America today who wrote a book called Descent into Greatness. And while he was writing the book, he ascended into the most powerful position in America. but if you look at his life today, he's lost everything. He's made huge mistakes. He's in embarrassment to some people. He's literally descending into greatness. When we rise to a place where we have been pretty successful, we can anticipate that the next step is to find a way to graciously and humbly descend into a place where we lose a lot of our control. We lose a lot of our status and power. Some wonder why it is that men often die after they retire. And some have surmised it's because it's the power that keeps them going. And to lose the power is to lose life. This happens for us as pastors. I can tell you personally I've ascended to probably some of the highest places in America as a pastor. And I have personally experienced what it means to descend into darkness and oblivion. By the way, I'm not saying Laguna Presbyterian Church... (laughs) is oblivion. No, actually, this is a sign that God resurrects us from the dead. You want me to go where, Lord? Laguna Beach. Oh, Lord, I'll go and suffer there. So we take all this with a grain of salt. Loretta Lynn is 86 years old, and Loretta Lynn has been known probably as the greatest female country Western singer in the history of Nashville. And her latest album is called, Wouldn't It Be Great?, and the lead song is a song that she sang in her earlier years, but it has more poignancy now. It's a song about a woman married to a man who's decided that the alcohol in the bottle and in the glass is more important than his love for his wife. And she's wistfully, yearningly saying, wouldn't it be great if you could just let go of that glass and that bottle and love me again? Boy, that registers for a lot of women in America today, and it registers for a lot of men, too. Wouldn't it be great if we could just get back that spark that really was a part of us when we were younger? This is the amazing good news of Jesus. Jesus is saying to us, if you are willing to go there and follow me into a difficult place i will be with you because i've been there before and i will help you discover greatness as acts of service to helping other human beings who are going through even more difficult things than you are and i bet you've experienced this if you've gone through hard times there have been moments where those hard times are actually useful as to how you help another human being in their difficulties There's nothing more powerful than when you are with a person who's going into the doldrums of life and you let them know, I too have been there and I am there with you. Isn't it great? And wouldn't it be great if we could all see the church and even a country where our primary pattern was to descend into greatness? as a servant to all the peoples of the world. This past week, the Jewish tradition, the Jewish religion celebrated Yom Kippur right after 10 days of Rosh Hashanah, 10 days of doing without, of abstinence, getting up to the Day of Atonement, which is a day of repentance. And the movement of Yom Kippur is the recognition that I have got to stop stop looking out for number one and have got to start looking out for the people around me. And it's a day of reorientation. I must die so that others might live. And we believe that in the church because we believe in Jesus. And the disciples learned it, but we usually come by it the hard way. You know, I love to to get some sleep on Saturday night before I preach. Last night I didn't get much sleep. I was asleep in a dead sleep about 3 o'clock this morning, and the cat came and woke me up. The cat wanted some attention, and I kind of dozed off, but the cat was not going to be turned away. See, this cat believes that I am his chief servant. And he wasn't going to give up because I was sleeping. Now, we happen to be in a new home where lights go on automatically when somebody enters the room. So guess what that cat did for the next 15 minutes? He went and he left. He went and he left. The lights went on, the lights went out. The lights went on, the lights went out. And his statement was to me, You will be my servant. So I finally got up, and he wanted some water. And that's kind of the way God's message is in our lives. We go and we come, the lights go on, the lights go off. And we wake up out of a deep sleep... And God says, You will be my servant. And it's great because you see the results of what it means to have gone through hard times to help other people to be lifted up out of their difficulties. And isn't that great? Let us pray. Oh, Lord. We are so grateful that you have shown us a way to be great that helps other people, all the way from the youngest and the least, throughout the world, that we might serve them and help them to become everything that you have created them to be. Isn't it great? Thank you for showing us the way of Jesus but also help us when we become discouraged and don't want to get up and serve the people around us. It's hard work. It's painful. And we have to give up things that we so treasure. Help us descend into greatness. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.
4: Please stand as we affirm our faith together from the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Let the same mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You may be seated.
5: Let us now look to the Lord in prayer together. Lord Jesus, you came as a servant, and you showed what it truly meant to be great. You know how power and domination are deeply ingrained in our culture and within us and so we pray that you would empower us more and more to be great as you were great it's in that spirit that we pray this morning for those who have risen to positions of power leaders in politics and government and finance and science religion medicine Our prayer is that they would be moved by your spirit to resist temptations to think more highly of themselves than they ought, that they would resist the temptation to abuse their power, that they would be given wisdom and strength to use their gifts for the good of all. We pray this morning for the small and the weak and the vulnerable here in our own land and around the world, children crying for food and water and love, those who are ravaged by war, refugees fleeing in desperation, looking for transit camps for glimmers of hope, those who have experienced abuse of domestic violence and bullying and misuse of sexual power, we pray for those victims of natural disasters, particularly the flooding in the aftermath of hurricanes and typhoons. We pray for those who suffer physical and emotional pain, for those who have known loss of family members and close friends, for those who have felt the loss of loved ones by gun violence and other tragedies. Lord, this morning we also pray for ourselves, for our families, for our congregation in this time of transition. We pray for Gareth and Steve and Kathy as they lead us in this time of reflection and preparation. We pray that each of us who call Laguna Presbyterian Church home would in this time be even more active, more present for worship and fellowship, more faithful in our giving to the ministry we do together in the name of our Lord. And by the way, Lord, lest we forget, deliver us from thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. Deliver us from abusing our power Grant us wisdom and strength to use our gifts for the good of all. Lord, in your goodness and love and compassion, heal us where we are broken and comfort us with the presence of your Holy Spirit and encourage us always to seek and follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ in all that we do and say. And finally, Lord, we pray for the day when your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying together, our Father, Father, who who art art in in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as As we we forgive forgive our our debtors. And lead us us not into temptation, but deliver us us from evil. evil. For For thine thine is the kingdom, and the power, power and the glory glory forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us now worship the Lord with our tithes, our offerings, and our gifts.
2: Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, a slave. Church we're gonna sing this song again together
0: Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, and the glory. All that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. We commit these offerings to you, our tangible expressions of love and gratitude, and a desire to participate in your work in this world. Transform them into a source of life for many. Use them and use us so that your kingdom may grow in the hearts of all.
1: jewish friends as yom kippur comes shift their thinking from i'm blessed and god is great to god is great and has given me the privilege of blessing other people the day of atonement and so we often use this phrase we are blessed to be a blessing we are given a lot that we might learn to be servants in our harder, harsher days, that we might be able to lift others up. And so, with that in mind, go in the grace, mercy, and shalom to help others be complete human beings and to walk in the way of the living God through Jesus Christ. Amen.